we're going to do this. We're going to take one out to the desert <laughs> yeah. and we're going to see what breaks first. We were literally on the lake bed. And my sister was doing like over a hundred in the car and I'm in the super duty trying to like pass her and they're like, they're They're probably freaking out. I don't, are we going to be going this fast? And I was like, my sister's like, Oh no, probably not. I just wanted to see how fast it would go. Who knew I would make it this far. They hated, they never believed me. Yeah. I would never drop the ball. I know I make it look easy. Yeah. Mayweather with the defense. I don't care what a critic got to say. I got him picked another pieces. We are back. Welcome back to another episode of the Lambo and Leroy Show. We've been gone for a little bit, man. It's been hectic. Yeah, like you always say, like we are back. We haven't really gone anywhere. We're still we're st- here, still around. <laughs> we're still doing this. Yes, you know, but we're just you know trying to make sure we get the best quality guests we possibly can. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Speaking about guests, Sean, who do we have today? Uh, we have someone who I feel like I can relate a lot with, who was kind of born into the industry, but learned really at a young age how much uh, we enjoy aftermarket, we enjoy customizations, we enjoy personalizing our own vehicles. And um, Sarah, at a young age, was introduced to the industry. And I mean, to try to explain, you know, in an hour, it's going to be tough of where she's kind of started, where she's at now from her mega involvement in the industry through SEMA, through promoting, through customizing vehicles, to building vehicles for a lot of the OEMs to, I I wouldn't even know where to begin, but (laughs) the best part is she is a hardcore enthusiast like all of us. Um, And if it wasn't for the industry and being able to have fun, she probably wouldn't have any reason to work hard. Yeah. That's true, right? So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for coming on. We know you have a lot going on, but we appreciate you being here. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're at today and what you're doing and then we're going to hit the rewind button and go back to the beginning okay um so right now i currently um so i'm owner and president of lge cts motorsports um i've owned the company now well i've been in the business now since i was 16 so jeez just a few years. Just a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> and technically, you started that part of it when you were 16, right? Yeah, I started their website at 16. And um, and like you said, when we do rewind, we can go back to like how I ended up starting the company and getting into it. Um, but yeah, throughout the years, like uh, mostly right now, we're building um, a ton of vehicles. Uh, it's, to be honest, to see the involvement of like where I started and like what I do now, um, it's so different. And it's funny because like um, I'm always looking at like business things that they say, like, you know, what's your goal? What do you want to do? And for like, I think as like business owners or entrepreneurs or like when you're doing stuff, it's like for me, it's not that it's like constantly changing. It's just evolving. Right. Like yeah. I still have the same end goal at the end. Like I'm still selling products to um, customers and people, the stuff that I love to do. And I, um, I don't know, I push that so hard because I love off-roading so much. I mean, I grew up going to Glamis and Havasu and it was pretty much like everyone would be like during high school, like we didn't really see you around all the time. And I was like, well, I was in the desert doing other doing stuff. Other stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you know, and it's like, I kind of just thought everyone was 
going to Glamis and to the well, river. Isn't that normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what I thought. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I would go to a couple like, you know, parties here and there. But yep. for the most part, it was like when I went to school on Friday, my dirt bike was loaded in my truck and I was leaving mess. straight from there to go somewhere. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that was the lifestyle. We That's yeah. how we all grew up, which is so cool. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, and like, I built my first car. Well, I started, well, my first car was a 70 El Camino, which I restored. Nice. Yeah. My parents were like, if you want a car, you have to build it period. That's and cool. I was totally like, what? I thought I was getting a BMW. I said, I wanted this. No, <laughs> um, no, it was cool though, because, uh, I got to, like my dad, I mean, it was, when it pulled up, I was like, man, but I saw my sister go through that process with her car. And so I was kind of excited about building mine as well. But, yeah. um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always enjoyed it. And I've always seen like my other friends that have come that didn't have that same lifestyle or didn't have that in their family, which I thought everyone had a six car garage, but <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> coming from would, that car culture yeah, and my dad didn't have any boys, you know, he only had us two girls. Yep. So it was like, I would come in and he would, you know, my guy friends would come over and it's like half the time they were in their garage with my dad or building something or working on the sand rail. And it was like, to me, that was just what we did and seeing other people get excited about that and really starting to get into it. Um, and I would go to car shows with my friends on weekends and I was like, dude, we're sitting at the same car show with the same people in a different parking lot every weekend. Like I could be selling stuff or doing something instead of just sitting next to my car. So then I started selling, um, like all the mini truck stuff, like billet grills and air ride suspension and things like that. Cause that's what all those, yeah, Yeah, like all the (laughs) The the trends and the the phantom grills. Yeah. The street scene. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) That was it right there. Yeah. Um, and then I bought a trailer and I started just working swap meets and mini truck shows and things like that. And then, um, and I was selling everything on our website because my dad was already painting SEMA vehicles and a lot of the companies would trade him product instead yeah. of paying yeah. for it. That's the damn <laughs> industry, I'm telling you. Great business model, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> but we loved it. Right? Yeah, we'll we take still it. still did it. Like, yeah, okay. Still do it. Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah, still today. So, um, you know, but so when I saw the parts just sitting there, I was like, well, I'm going to sell these or do something because I'm not a person that can sit around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> always got to do something. I get yeah. that. Well, yeah. I think that's also because w- the way we were raised, we were always doing something. There's always a show, always a vehicle, always yeah. an adventure to be that's had, true. always going somewhere. And it's like mm-hmm. we work real hard during the week to just go away on the weekends. Yeah. And so I think it was kind of like in- engraved into us that like we need to stay busy. Like there's yeah. Like go have fun, enjoy life, work hard and enjoy, you know, play harder, I guess. Yeah. And, um, I think I was like telling you the other day, like, um, we moved out of the building that we were in. Um, so we used to be in a 28,000 square foot 
building. Um, it was massive. Yeah. Was that it was such Glen, a big building. What city was that? Glendora? I think? It was in San, San Dimas. Dimas. San Dimas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you shot the yeah. commercial. Shot the commercial, and you, you guys did my truck there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, shoot, it's been five years probably now. Yeah. It was a long time ago. But yeah, the commercial for you guys, that was awesome. Yeah. And how long were you guys in that location? So uh, in that location, we were there since 92. Wow. Mm-hmm. So explain to people, I guess, what it was. I mean, you had that big center building. You guys did a lot of insurance work in there, right? Yeah, so we f- we were an auto body shop, and and then we also had the aftermarket side as well. Yeah, and um, on the body shop side, we actually specialized in after in vehicle that had aftermarket stuff because a lot of times you'll go to, you know, um, like a Seidner's collision, and if it has aftermarket suspension or yeah. any bumpers or anything like that, they're pretty much like, uh, what do we do? We don't even want to try because it just sits on their rack. Cause they don't even know. What or a lot have. of times they'll just send it to us. So I actually, um, we would specialize in aftermarket stuff or like if, you know, your hot rod gets damaged, you don't want to just take it to any yeah. body shop. Yeah, so, for sure. um, so that's pretty much what we did on that. Um, plus we did a ton of fiberglass work. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and that's what we were mostly known for was that kind of that. stuff. So, um, yeah, so it kind of just evolved there and then we started manufacturing, um, bumpers and steps because my sister would always like to design and build like her one-off vehicles that we were doing for OEs and that's what she specializes on the design side. Yeah. And then we would go to, you know, build these packages for the OEs and then we get all these people asking us, okay, we want that vehicle. Yeah. And it's like, well then you need to ship it to California. And they're it's like, all custom one off stuff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well I don't want to ship it to California. So then we got into manufacturing, oh which is like a gosh. whole nother like oh, yeah. world. Right. And I'm like, I don't even know what half of this stuff is. Like, how do I even <laughs> figure out margins? Like, yeah. <laughs> Right. How are you making money on this? Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm so used to doing it the back way where I'm like, oh, you were to give me a jobber price and I know yeah. what my points back of are, course. you know, but like trying to figure it out the other way and making Producing sure. It. Yep. Yeah. It was like a whole nother, like shoot, I don't even know where to go with this. And then, you know, packaging and boxing and well, like, that's a like growing point though. I mean, you got to do it right. You just got to yeah. figure it out as you go and make it happen. Like you did all the way, your steps all the way through. Yeah. And then I started having, um, putting everything like the whole entire build as a package instead of just the parts that we did. Yeah. Um, which, and then started pushing it out towards like dealers and stuff that's like awesome. that. Throughout. So that's like your suspension, your wheels, tires, bumpers, everything. Yep. Well, and that was kind yeah. of through an era where most people weren't putting together a package. They would let the customer kind of decide, come through all the cart, pick what they want. When most of the time the customers don't know what they want, they want someone to just tell them, it looks Look, good. this is what you need. Yeah. Right? Like this is my recipe for, you know, what I feel is going to be great. Yeah. And you start selling that package and duplicate yep. it and grow with it. Yep. That's awesome. And it's, you know, it's so much easier to show because people are visual, right? It's like, um, or, you know, with like, you know, with your exhaust, people have to hear it. It's like the number one thing, like, Oh, what does it sound like? You know, (laughs) well, it kind of sounds like, no, for me, I'll never have a booth inside a show other than SEMA. Right. Right. Otherwise I gotta be outside. People want to hear it. They can't hear it. Yep. Otherwise it's just a shiny tip or a black tip. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's all you see on it. That's true though. Like, please take my word for it. Sounds great. Yeah. I promise. Awesome. <laughs> Watch this video on his iPhone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, yeah. So when we started manufacturing, like I said, it was a whole new world. And, um, and then it was 
kind of good for us too, because when we started selling like the packages and doing bigger builds, I got to be a little bit pickier about doing some other work that we were doing that, you know, not everything in business is fun. You get the other stuff too that, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. that yeah. you do. You and take you're the like, good with the bad. I need cash flow. So like, um, you have to take in the other stuff to go with it because yeah. you know that hopefully in the long run, it's going to turn into something better. Like, like dealer work for yeah. us. It's, um, I mean, selling packages to a dealership. Awesome. Doing dealer work and installs. It's like, they want discounts on everything. Of then they want you to warranty it. Then they want you to pick it up and drop it off and oh then wait gosh. on a check, you know, and, and it's then they like, mark it up 10 times. Yeah. And then you're like, dude, I don't think you understand. We don't, we're not like the clothing industry yeah. here where we have like these mass margins, like, no, you know, it's like, and, um, kind of doing those sales. It's like, they worked out well for us because we made all the customers come back to us for retorks, you know, so they had to sit in our lobby in our showroom for an hour while we fix everything or, you know, retorque yeah. everything on their vehicle. And at that point I would say, then it's our team's fault sell. if we don't sell something else on top of that. It's up to my sales guys to walk in there and figure it out. And like, we're huge on, you know, everything for us is soft sales because I always tell my like all of our um, salespeople find out what the customer does. Like, first mm -hmm. of all, find out what they use their vehicle for, what they do. And then you have to ask the question, what do you actually want to do with your vehicle? Mm -hmm. Because what some Fair. people actually buy their vehicle for and use it for is not actually what they intend. They are like, True. I want to go out and do all of this stuff. I want to go race the Baja 1000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, okay. I bought a ZR2 because it did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. it didn't actually do I it, saw though. this Ranger and it did, and yeah. it was completely stock. I'm like, yeah, it was also by professional drivers. Yeah. And <laughs> well, a little different. Yeah, we'll do that all the time. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's like people always, especially like, I'm going to say more like on the Jeep and Bronco side, we get a lot of people that like, I want to start going out off-roading or I want yeah. to start going out and doing this stuff, but they don't actually know what, what that means, what that means or how to go do it or any of that kind of yeah. stuff. So a lot of times when they come in, I go, you know, find out what they actually want to do with their vehicle at the end mm -hmm. so that when you're selling them the product, you can tell them this is actually going to set you up to start getting you to the point of where you yeah. want to use your vehicle. You for. become an educator. You educate. Exactly. And then at that point, it's them deciding what they want to do. And then they're not all like, well, you told me to buy this. And it's like, no, yeah, like you said you want to take outdoor showers. That's why I gave you this outdoor, outdoor shower. shower. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, they want to go overland. Yeah. They want to go do this. They yeah. want to go explore. I mean, well, because we all see those images of like, the camp set up in the middle of nowhere with maybe the hidden little lake in the background right? and you're like, oh, I just want to be there so I bad. Do that. Right? But there is such a massive adventure to get to that point. Like right. it's so much more Make than sure just you're equipped. getting there making sure the tent pops up and sitting there like you've got to, th there's a whole off-road adventure to usually get to some of those spots. And that's yeah. why that photo is so meaningful. It's like, it's not so much the, the moment there. It was the adventure getting to that moment going, ah, right. It's so true. Peacefulness. It's so damn true. And people, <laughs> and it's funny, uh, like, and it's funny too, because it's like, you see people buying like really inexpensive products after they spend like 80 or hundred thousand dollars on a vehicle. And then they're like, Oh, I want to get this thousand dollar lift kit. And you're like, 
why? Like, it's not gonna. It's not gonna work. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Can't and, promise it's gonna hold up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but you're gonna go out, not spend the money, and go out in the middle of nowhere where you're isolated and no one's around. And if something breaks that you don't know how to fix or you can't fix, yep. Like, how much money are you gonna spend to get your vehicle recovered yeah, out there? Exactly. Five thousand dollars. Now yep. you could have bought that kit that you the needed. Really the really good kit that will get you out there right? and get you safe. Keep you safe. Well, Keep you and safe. you learned that mistake once. I think we've all done it. We've all yeah. been broke down in the middle, middle of it's somewhere true. going, uh-oh. What, yeah. do like, do? what do I do? Like You're stuck somewhere. You're like, damn, I yeah, should My Crescent Ranch duct tape and zip tie is not going to fix this broken ball <laughs> joint. Right? <laughs> because there's a difference, there. too, between like a lift kit and then a suspension kit. Right. right? And there's a massive difference. Yep. And you know, just because you can put bigger tires on it doesn't mean you can go more places. Right. It just means That's you're going to. so true. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but in high school, it didn't matter. It, no, it didn't. <laughs> the taller <laughs> you were, the better it was. Yeah, you didn't know the difference. <laughs> or the lower you were, the better it was. Either way. Right. <laughs> Either one of those. So, so that, oh, yeah, well, I guess what was next on, on that? So oh. you, what year did you open that facility? 1996. 96. Okay. And then you. Did you start doing insurance work right away? So my parents, I'm sorry. So my parents started the auto body shop in 1982, which okay. was LNG Enterprises. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in 1996, I I started custom truck shop. Yeah. And the and the reason I called it custom truck shop at that point, there wasn't like search engines and things like that. So I needed something that was as easy as possible yeah. to put in mm-hmm. as a website, so smart, right? Yeah. So customtruckshop.com is what I start. It was the website I started. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, when I graduated in 98, then, um, I asked my parents for a small bay to do installs and I was basically just running out of their front lobby. Awesome. Um, and then in 2001, uh, which is the center building that, okay. Um, cause we were just in the front building. Yeah. The, renters that were in there were moving out okay. and I asked, so I handed my parents a business plan and I said, can I take the center <laughs> building? <laughs> That's so smart. And, um, they were like, you think they're like, you think you're ready to take on that size? And I was like, yeah, I think How old I were you at this point. I was so 21 at that wow. point when I opened that shop. That's a massive I mean, deal. most people are just trying to figure out like how they're going to go out to the bars. They just exactly. turned 21. She's like, how am I going to open up this business? business 24,000 square feet. Yeah. Business plan. Like, <laughs> let's That's do this. massive. It was a great timing for you guys to start then. And there was so much energy wrapped around that time for the truck. It was yeah. I mean, so much fun. And mo- there was only a few people in the game that were just kind of developing at that point. Like, yeah. how did it work out? You went to your parents, had a business plan <laughs> and did they say no at first and you had to convince them or they're like, you know what? We believe in you. Let's do this. Um, I think because they knew that I already like had like a base going. It wasn't like I just went in there with like nothing. I mean, I was already hustling on the weekends and yeah. selling products. So I already had like a really good following of like customers. Um, and at that point I was doing all the installs and my cousin was working with me. So she would do sales or help me with installs as well. Wow. And then, um, finally I was like, okay, I need to hire like an employee. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, I need two employees. I'm like, damn. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, how do I manage employees? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I got to manage them. I got to pay them. I got to do so much I, uh, work. It's, it's a, becoming real then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was, I always teased that like, um, you know, well I didn't, so I did go, I took college classes, but I didn't actually like go to school and like graduate. 
I took the classes I thought were important to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good. <laughs> right? like, I was I mean, like, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. So I was doing like accounting and business classes at night. And then I took a ton of marketing classes. Um, so smart. So I was like, this is the stuff I need. And then when I got to the point where it was like, you had to do like your, you know, English and all that kind of stuff. I was like, and I'm out. So. I'm good. Just give me my, give me my uh, well, main class I need. You know, and everyone kept going, oh, you need to get a degree. And I was like, why? I'm going to own my own company. I'm not going to use that degree for anything exactly. to yeah. go get a job. Right. Like to why make more money. money? Yep. Like. I'm already doing it and I don't plan on ever leaving it. Yeah. And, well, and you were taking classes that kind of benefit you and what you were currently doing at that point. I mean, I yeah. think so many people, you know, go to college not knowing what they want and they have nothing to relate it to. So they're not really to absorb, you know, the, yeah. I guess the, the goodness from it. Yeah. Cause they don't really understand the importance of what they're being taught. They just know this class should help me somewhere down the road versus like, right. You needed, you had a problem. You needed to, you know, learn more about it. And so you were there learning it. So you probably got more from those classes than most people would ever get going through the whole thing and getting a degree and never having real world experiences. Yeah. And for me, like, because I was taking the classes while I was running my company, they made sense. And I was super passionate about paying attention and making sure because you enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes you go through school and you don't realize like how much you need something specifically until you're in the middle of it and you're like, shit, I should have paid attention more, you know, like how, the, how do you do this? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was a really good like point. And I do, I still like to this day, I still try and take as many classes online or anything I can yeah. to like, you know, with, especially with like everything evolving so quickly, especially changing. like in social media and changing and learning how to like work with anything new. I'm constantly like, it's so smart. Like it seems so much easier that sometimes, uh, sometimes it seems so much easier to build a brand back in the day when you actually had to go to events and go to places and it's word of mouth in front of people versus now with like the internet, you would think it would almost be. You think e it would be easier. There's more be competition easier. though. That's the thing. There's so it's many more, more people doing it. More complicated, more restricted. There's these algorithms and math and. Right. And All then, the AI programs. That's Wait, so yeah. true. It's so damn true. <laughs> so crazy. But it's funny too, because it's like beforehand as well, it was like people would come in and talk to you and you were the expert. Yeah. And now everyone thinks they're the expert just because they own that vehicle. And you're like dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, and it's for me, it's like, even when you go on forums and it's like, I try to be very like, pull myself back and only answer, you know, the questions that are relevant to like what I specifically have on there. And, um, but it's hard because you see some of the information people are like, Nope, this is what you need to do. And I was like, no, that is not, that is <laughs> not wrong. You know that is so wrong. But like, at the same time, I'm a professional and I don't want to say something and it reflect on another company badly yeah, True, because, you know, my name is still out there. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, please don't do that. Well, like a perfect example is like today I was looking at the, the new Can-Am Maverick R. There's like mm. a, like a, uh, a group or something on Facebook and the guy's like, hey, one person asked, when do you think, you know, when do you realistically think the four seater is going to be coming out? And someone speaks probably next spring. And the thing is, the way he kind of wrote it, you would almost take it as if he has an insight with Can-Am. Can He's speaking for the business and that information has value to it mm -hmm. when it's simply an opinion. It's an opinion. Like that's all it is. His guess is maybe in spring, right? And so many people 
Yeah, I mean, read through the things. There's just opinions. It's filled with opinions, opinions, which are great. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but you have to be able to read through some of the opinions. Yeah, so I think there's just so much more, like, <clears throat> noise now that we, as, like, between us and the end consumer, um, have to now get through, where before it was, like, you know, we used to go to the sand show, and it was, like, when they first, like Don and them started, first started it, it was like, they came to us and they're like, we need 40 vehicles. And I was like, okay, I can do 40 vehicles. Like, Crazy. you know, and it's like, we lined them all up and we had like a massive booth and it was like, so simple. It wasn't simple, but it was like, people came in, they listened to you, they bought stuff yeah. and it was great. And it's like, now I feel like when we go to these shows and stuff, everyone is like, but my buddy said this and yep. when I was on this and like, like you said, and you think like, oh, I can put something, um, as a company out there and people are going to like, oh, listen to it because you're the professional, but yeah. it's like, yeah. well, we take so the much time to go through. So as a, as a business or a brand or a shop, we take the time to give our opinion on what we feel is best for you right? to where everyone else is giving their opinion on what's best for them. Right. And that's really the difference. Like we will take the time to try and find that right product for you. Yeah. Right. All the forums are filled with everyone speaking on what was best for them yeah. and their needs are. Mm -hmm. And we don't all have the same needs. That's why there's four Dodge, Chevy, Toyota, Nissan, right. you know, all those different brands. Cause we, there's a ton of different needs that mm -hmm. everybody wants. Why there's different flavors of drinks, everything. Yeah. Cause we all have different needs and yep. we've always taken the time to figure out what best fits your needs. Yep. And that's one of the, and it's actually, um, so like on my websites or even when like I do a lot of my things, I tell people, I go, the difference between us is everything we sell. I have physically used it before. Yeah. I have used it either if it's been on my own, um, vehicles, which 90% of the time it's been on something that I personally have driven or have used or gone out camping with or done. Yeah. Or it's on a vehicle that is one of my customers that I have a tight relationship with that I can like keep track of how that product is doing, yeah. um, you know, and it's like, I'm really like, I don't have time to sell product that I don't believe in because, it, yeah, because it just comes back on me and it costs my, me and my team more money in the long run to sell. Oh Yeah something that's not a good product. Um, it reflects on us. And I don't like, I tell people, I'm like, no, I only sell quality products that I believe in that we've actually tested and used personally. That's awesome. And, um, I'm not going to sell something. I don't, there's like new stuff that comes out of course. And I tell people, this is a new product I just brought on. I see really great reviews about it. And I've heard from other friends in the industry that it's amazing, but I'm trying it out and stuff like that. And then I'll, and then once I start like getting familiar with it, then I'll bring it on in. Like, well, it's also what? probably because, you know, going back to when you started this business, there was probably some times when you selected to use some products and it really bit you in the ass, right? I mean, a customer came oh, yeah. back or I don't know, something failed. I mean, I was always scared with suspension kits. Right? I was like, I can't imagine being a company that's installing suspension kits. Like the liability of like, and everybody is going to go beat on it. Like it's a long travel. Right. Or, <laughs> beat on it like it's a trophy truck. Like, did you ever have any moments like that where, you know, a standout one where you're like, we've got to make sure we select the right products and move forward to it. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think, um, 
in obviously in the beginning is when we're going to, we learn everything, 100%. right? And I think sometimes as business owners, you get stuck in the like, oh, my margins are 50% on this. I'm going to push this all day long because those are just unheard of and you want to make the as most much money. money you can, yeah. But then I started realizing that it wasn't always the companies that had the best margins. It was the companies that I didn't have to babysit fit and babysit. Right. Because it's like, Oh, every time something broke, that vehicle comes back. We're not charging the customer labor and time for it to sit there. And every day something is sitting on my rack. Yeah. Every shop owner knows how much each rack makes them a day. And every time there's something that's sitting on a rack and I'm not making money, that's not the fact that like, Oh, I'm not charging them money. I'm also don't have another job that's getting done because of that. Right. Like, and you have to kind of look at like, all of those different aspects. It's like that cust- my that employee could be working on something else of that course. could be making money. Um, so in the long run, you're actually losing a ton of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so your 50% margin doesn't Turn really, yeah, doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything anymore. So um, when I started to realize like, oh, like we've installed <laughs> these brands and they don't ever come back except for like once a year. Someone goes, oh, it's starting to squeak now. And it's like, well, you know, that's time for your, your retorque and your grease. And yeah. um, we're pretty strict on that part. Like, Well, because most consumers, uh, like myself, we don't maintain our stuff. We drive right. it. I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I hate to say it. Like, we all know we should. I mean. I mean, damn, if my truck didn't tell me when to change the oil, I'd probably forget to change it right now. <laughs> like, it's true, though. <laughs> and we drive them hard. We don't drive them easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're always on the go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my dirt bike has ever had a dirt, has had oil change before. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's a it's Honda. It's still Ryan's. Exactly. Runs <laughs> That's true. The, the Honda's good. All my generators back there have never been changed. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. We're so bad. You're right. I know. <laughs> I joke around that like on my Harley that if it stops dripping oil then I have a problem but that's, like they're supposed to leak right <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's well, like when it stops leaking yep. then I'll add more and then you'll add more it's fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I live my truck if it stops blowing kind of black sm- I mean it's a gas engine yeah. right? it's a little tired so when you get on it hard, sometimes it'll blow some black smoke. I'm like, yeah. if it stops blowing black smoke, I should probably go add oil to it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. You can't burn anything else, so. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to look at it, I don't want to turn white. You, right? Yeah, that's true. I think you're really, think you're really screwed. I think you're really screwed. So, so how did um, the custom truck shop lead you to getting connected with the, you know, the OEMs? Yeah, that's my question, oh, actually. So, um... We'll back. So, back in 98, um... Well, my dad was already painting vehicles for SEMA for people, right? For other like manufacturers and stuff that were displaying there. And um, he had built a, or he had painted a couple that had gone into um, the Ford booth. Mm -hmm. And in 98, we were like, or someone goes, oh, do you guys want to build a Ranger? My dad's like, I don't want to build a Ranger. And I'm like, we will build a Ranger. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, so we got a Ford Ranger from them, and we built that one. Um, and then the next year, they asked us if we wanted another, or they kind of reached out and asked if we wanted another vehicle. And and it's a very exclusive you. club, being part of like that it's dollar so vehicle cool what you guys back do. in like, the day, like that. Yeah, it yeah. was like it still it, is. I think it's even more exclusive now. I feel like well, it's even harder to get in. It's actually they took it away last year. The dollar. 
So I know Chevy took it away a couple years ago. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So Ford took it away last year. Yeah. And they did. They started opening it up for a while. Well, they opened it up completely because now you could like send in your renderings and what it is. Yeah. And I would actually kind of coach a lot of people through actually going out there and submitting them to OEs because we've done them so much. And it was funny because a lot of people would always go, oh, well, you know, we got a dollar vehicle. And I'm like, you know, after me going through the whole process with them, like, hey, you need to look at what their marketing plan is too. You don't just do a rendering and build something. It's work. I go, you either have to figure out what their marketing plan is. And if you're going to build a vehicle that entails and fits into their marketing plan, or you need to build a vehicle that you're passionate about and you need to tell them why they need to be investing in you yep. and how you're going to be making that profitable for them. Right. So Absolutely. there's two sides. You got to work it. Either you got to do what they want or you got to make them believe in your story and what you want. You can't just submit a rendering and say, I have a million followers and, and these are the cool car. brands I'm going to do. And it's like, maybe you can with like, smaller companies, but when you're going into the OEs, like you have to be so specific. And to be honest, I tell people, it sounds like a dream to have a dollar car, but the amount of money you have to have insurance for that car. It's insane. You have to look at, yeah, I'm like, it's insane. So look at the difference between your $5 million insurance policy. Yep. Or if you're not a manufacturer, you probably don't have a $5 million insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So how much money does that cost you a month? A thousand bucks. So is that it's 30 grand a year? Yeah. So you're <clears> like, <throat> it's cheaper for you to probably buy the vehicle yep. than well, it is too, for you to get it through the dollar. Program. Absolutely. <laughs> and, then on top, and then on top of that, just living up to what you've stated you were going to do, <laughs> having to all the events, the marketing yep. updates constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to keep that vehicle to those standards for a year and a half because wow. whenever, if they decide they want to take the vehicle, they can, or mm-hmm. the events that for you use go. it for any event. Yeah. And they can take the vehicle. So like we, and there's zero warranty on the car too. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or at least there was back in the day. I don't yeah. know if it's different yeah. now. They do some, like updates and like your recalls and things like that. But yeah, you don't do all. Well, I mean, you're modifying it. So it's not going to be stock anymore when you have it. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going to be like, Oh yeah, we can't. Yeah. You yeah. have a new rear end, you have a new transmission, you have a new motor. What do you want to do? Right. And so it's like, I tell people, I go, you really have to look at if it's worth it. And I understand that you're building a relationship with the OE because you think, Oh, I got the dollar vehicle. I'm building this relationship with the OE, but there's, other ways you can still build relationships with those OEs okay. because you can still reach out to the marketing um, departments and let them know like, oh, this is the vehicle I have and this is what I know. I'd love That's to cool. work with you. So, I mean, there's other ways. It's to not collaborate just, with them, not yeah, just get a dollar car. Not just get a dollar car. Plus you have to, um, I mean, like you said, with the, with the dollar, we have to send in um, every three months, everywhere it went, how many articles you got on it, wow. where, like, if it was on social media stuff, like, all That's the hits that That's even harder nowadays with social media trying to find it all, keep track of it all. Before, yeah. it was just... We went to these events and here's these magazines yep. that were editorial yeah. on yep. and <laughs> sent it in. Yep. I couldn't even imagine trying to keep and track of it. And it's weird too, because there's like editorial that gets done on your vehicles and you don't even know about it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that is crazy. Yeah. And you even like, like the Japanese magazines, all like yeah. the ones overseas, all that, you know, yeah. yep. stuff. You're like, Oh, I didn't even know it was in there. 
I know. Because there's a photo pool, you know, of well, photos that they grab and they use. And Well, back in the day, I mean, how you found out your vehicles in most magazines was like in the news. Remember them? Oh, yeah. the, <laughs> they would send you like, hey, here's oh, your that's I, right. that. <laughs> I do. I was like in an um, article or something the other day and I got one of those things and I was like, what is this? And it's like, what was I in? Like trying to yeah. like look it up. And I was like, damn it. Why don't they send me the article? Like, yeah, I, I want to see the article. See yeah. <laughs> now, man, so we're, expensive. We're kind of downplaying talking shit on the whole vehicle bill stuff but there is like to have a vehicle up there in the ford booth back in those times i mean there was something that really just kind of changed the energy still a of the big show. deal though now it's still yeah. really cool i mean most people, awesome i mean people i don't know what dollar car is dollar car is you legit paid for a dollar mm-hmm. and they gave you the pink slip in the in the car but you yeah. had to build the car to a specific standard that you presented to them right yep and so you would present to them a rendering going and tell them your marketing plan, like you're saying, and they would give you the car and they would deliver it to you. And most of it was a secret, right? Until SEMA. Yes. So it was yep. all a secret. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell anyone. You couldn't show anyone. You couldn't put anything on social media. And it was like, boom, at SEMA, they reveal it. There's your car. Well, and you never got the car in time. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's always, oh, two weeks before SEMA. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's so lovely about the OEs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, and I get it, like, because we're building cars that aren't even out yet, yeah, right? Yeah, true. Um, I mean, we had from Kia the Telluride six months, eight months um, before they even announced to the US that there was a Telluride coming out. And we had uh, the very first vehicle. That's crazy. Wow. And what's crazy, well, and I know they gave it, like someone else shot it or whatever, then we yeah. get it, right? And then, um, like, they had it for media, and then we got it, and they're like, okay, you need to build this car for it going to SEMA, and they're going to drive around at SEMA five cars, and they're going to go up, like, dirt mountains and hills yeah, and through water and, like, all this stuff. And we're like, he's like, a three feet of water. I'm like, three do you even on know what? On a tell you ride, that's a crossover. It's not <laughs> even like a truck <laughs> or an SUV. Like, do you know what three feet is? Like yeah. the car's gonna like be submerged. Child. Yeah, it's like you can't even. The, the car's not even waterproof. And oh he's my like, god! Is the car heavy enough to drive through three <laughs> feet of rushing water? Really I think like they don't understand that. Like when you drive through something that's like six inches, the water splashes. Oh yeah, up, that's all you yeah. need. Then, you know, it and we we're like, like to make it look cool. And we're like, you know, you could just let's. Let's do it in our parking lot first before we try test to like, it. test exactly. and do Thank something, you. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't know if you guys ever heard that SEMA when uh, they put the water there. It didn't hold, so it flooded uh, Toyo's booth, the oh, tread pad. No. I do remember that. <laughs> yes, I yeah. That yeah. sucked. I did remember that. I'm sure they were but, so sad because Toyo does such an amazing job with their booth and tread pass too. Right? All carpet, the <laughs> sickest cars. Yeah. Like, that sucks. But they got it all cleaned up and it was all ready to go Tuesday morning. But <sighs> What a mess. The, the funny thing was is that they come to us and they tell us like, okay, these cars has to do all of this. For us, we're like, first of all, this is the only vehicle in the U.S. And then all of a sudden we're going to get four more that show up. And now we're going to only have the only five vehicles in the U.S. And you're going to build all of them? And we have to build all of them. And on top of that, they have to perform. (laughs) There's no parts like there's no OE parts. If something breaks on it, they're done because I can't just call the dealer and be like, hey, I need need this because I technically can't even take like, you know, so it's like and Kia goes, well, we have some parts 
So like he's got to let us know part. what breaks. And, and I was like, well, we might he's need like, so to. let me know what you think's going to break. I'm like, I have yeah. no idea. So, and they're like, okay, well, where do you guys need to start? And I'm like, so we're going to, I don't know. I was like, tell him like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to take one out to the desert <laughs> yeah. and we're going to see what breaks first. That's, that's <laughs> smart though. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like. <laughs> Well, we have to take it out there and see what the weakest point is on the vehicle. And that's what we're going to start with. So we, um, I loaded it in the trailer and my sister and I went out to El Mirage and it was really funny because like these guys from Kia, they all show up in like suits and ties out in the middle of the dry desert. Lake bed. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they want to watch you guys. And, uh, I, yeah. And I hooked the super duty and I was like telling my, and they're like, Oh, can we come with? And I'm like, you guys want to go for rides in the car too? And they're like, yeah. So we had them like all in the super duty and in the no Telluride. And we were just like hauling us. We were literally on the lake bed. And my sister was doing like over a hundred in the car and I'm in the super duty trying to like pass her and they're like, they're They're probably freaking out. I don't, are we going to be going this fast? And I was like, my sister's like, Oh, no, probably not. I just wanted to see how fast it would go. Like that. yeah. <laughs> That's like, um, but we were like hitting jumps and jumping it and then like going through like whoop sections. We ripped the front, the rear bumper off. Oh my so God. So we were like, okay, okay we'll put it, point yeah. <laughs> put a skid plate there. Smart. You yeah. know, um, but actually like afterwards we got like, I mean, we tested that car really hard. And I mean, like, how much fun we is weren't. That? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's you can't beat that. Vehicle Seriously, number one. You know, yeah. we're gonna go see if we can go break this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like only one in existence. Because yeah. otherwise, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. You don't have a car. Yeah, sorry. We don't have a car to take Sema. So how can we get number two? Because yeah. there was no longer an option. Yeah. We should probably send three, four, and five as well, just yeah. in case. So we, um, but it actually like. The, the bumper was the only thing that's that amazing. failed on that's it. That's impressive. So, yeah, we were like, wow, this car actually does like really well. Well, it's yeah. kind of a lower car. It's got a it lower is. stance, right? It's somewhat long. It's probably not the best for rock crawling or right. whoops. So what did you guys end up doing to them? Did you put different suspension and stuff on them? So we did, and it's funny because they're like... Um, they're like, okay, we have to lift them and put suspension on there, and, we're like, and I go... Uh, how? So this is like car suspension, and I do truck. Yeah, this is so <laughs> and different. Like, and they're like, "Okay, well, that's fine. Just you can do whatever you want." And I'm like, "No, I don't know the suspension." No, that's like, right. Yeah, what do you? And they're like, "What do you mean you don't know this?" I'm like, "No, I mean I don't know this because like we built a Volkswagen Atlas like the year before for Tanner. Yeah, and same thing. He was like, "I want it lifted, and I want the suspension to be usable." And I'm like, "But it's." Car but it's suspension. all car suspension yeah. and like so is it not a-arms how did all that work so it's like a i don't know how to explain it's kind of an a-arm it's uh i mean it has like an a-arm yeah. but i i joke it's like a almost like a j-arm like it you know oh, like, okay. a, like well, that makes like, sense though no i get it <laughs> i was like it looks like a banshee arm no um <laughs> <laughs> um so the way like everything moves it's just completely different because Um, like how we have like our external bypasses and things like that. Everything is internal on those struts. So it sits differently. So like the only way for us to really like get height out of it is technically to take where the uh, mount on the shock is and move it up so that the coil pocket sits higher. Right. 
Um, but that doesn't increase any travel. In fact, it takes it yeah. away or because yeah. the drop, the drop down, down bracket, right? Yeah, which essentially doesn't do anything except raise a vehicle, right? And it's like either trying to, and so it's everything's just a little bit different because it was almost like it was opposite than what we do for like truck stuff. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of like, oh, I don't know. So we went to some friends that are really into, um. Like we went to, I went to feel suspension and talk to them. And like, I was like, what can you do? You know? So he ended up being like giving me new shocks. But then when we did the Kias, um, we went to another company that specializes in all the, um, road racing and stuff like that. Sweet. So they built the suspension, but it was 30 grand for us to get the suspension built. And they had to send it across. They had to send it to Germany. Oh my God. Um, have all new shocks and everything rebuilt for it. And then how long ago was this? That was in 2019. Wow, because like yeah. nowadays, like you know, with rally and everything kind of taking off, and the mm-hmm. Subarus, it's crazy kind of what they've been able to do with that car suspension, how they get yeah. it to work. Like, yeah, and that's exactly we went after. A com- we went to a company that they specialize in all the the Subarus. Smart and, though, yeah. Like yeah. you know those rally cars because we're like, well, they know how to set it up. I don't. Yeah, um, it's so different. Yeah, and it was <laughs> that SEMA was a lot because they are out in like Gardenia area, and we're in San. Demas and we're trying to build everything at ours, but then they had to do all the suspension out there. And we were literally, I was leaving our shop probably at like 10 o'clock at night with the truck and trailer driving out there, switching vehicles out and then getting back to our shop by like one or two in the morning. And then like rolling that one out. And then our guys are starting at that. So it's like, we were running, you know, 24 and 48 hour shifts That's like because we didn't like I think we got the suspension seven days before SEMA. Oh my god! And meanwhile, and, you're also trying to run a business at the same time too, yeah. and doing your, yeah, your normal clientele. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. And it's funny because we have like, uh, I don't know, it bugs me, but. We have like two bad reviews on, on like our Google and one of them is like during SEMA, like they couldn't take my car in because SEMA was more important than us. And I was like, ah, oh, you well, know, like, you're like um, technically, yes, <laughs> like, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, it is. And it's not that it's SEMA. Like those are still our customers. We're getting paid yeah. to do this. Yeah. It's not that, you know, we're, we're just Sorry, out there we're, playing. Like yeah. this is our business. Our and business. We do exactly. It. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they were booked before and that's the mm-hmm. way, that's the way it works. And yeah. like, but it is like with, um, working with OEs, it's, it's awesome to work with them. And then also too, it's like, we get the, but everything is in a crunch. It's yeah. nothing is ever oh, like, no, now, so, now, oh, how long is it going to take? Like, oh, okay. Six months. Great. We'll see you in six months. Like yep. we had a car, t- we had another car that was sitting at our shop for six months that we were not allowed to touch. Um, cause we didn't have any okays on it yet. So charge storage? yeah, we used to, well, so we used to, we, we used to basically to. be almost like SEMA garage before SEMA garage was there. Yeah. So oh, wow. we had, um, a couple of our, um, I don't know, the buildings on the side. Yeah. Um, they literally just had vehicles that weren't even out yet for just like, storing a, just storing them there. And we, if like Ford would be like, okay, like you can't, 
let anybody else in that building to see it. Only people that we authorize. And we would have to take like their cell phones and like everything. So when they would go in there, they could see it, but they couldn't take pictures. They couldn't do anything. They could measure. You're like, that was cool that you guys were like really, really heavy into it, which is pretty awesome. What it feels yeah. cool too. You're like, hey, this shit's it does feel so top secret. secret. Yeah. Put your shit over there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see what the new F one fifty with all aluminum looks That's like? So it's sick. sitting in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we had it. Sorry, you can't go, but you it's can't there. Go, but it's in there. <laughs> um, it's also scary though, too, because I mean that's a lot of responsibility on you guys. It is. In um yeah. <laughs> a lot of vehicles are like that too. I mean, people are super secretive. You oh. got like, there's NDAs with everything. Oh, yeah. Big. Lots of NDAs. came out. We had like VIN number one that we were working with and people are like, it's a big I deal. Mean, you know, yeah. the benefit for the OEMs to get these cars out there is so we can create aftermarket parts. Right? Yeah. They want mm-hmm. those aftermarket parts to be available when they launch the vehicle. Of course. To kind yeah. of create the whole persona. Now, granted, most of them offer their own aftermarket parts of course they have their performance yeah yeah Um, and beforehand they didn't right like they didn't sell aftermarket parts and then it was really hard because it was like once you modify it the dealers wouldn't touch it you would lose all your warranty of course yeah and it's like now you know um the OE saw like, oh, our customer, like our customers want to customize their vehicles and make them, like you said, like to their own thing. So now they, everyone has their own line of products and brands yeah. that they offer and their partnerships and stuff like that, which is, um, which I do that a lot with the OEs too. I do that with um, Ford and Kia, work with them with like what brand partners yeah. have good relationships. And we have to answer the question like, you know, how's their customer service? How is their product? Do you have returns? Um, what do people say about it? Like, um, just anything and everything you can. And then that's how they decide if they're going to go with the brand partner too. And we've actually Crazy. had Ford sit in our lobby one time for like, I think it was like a week. Um, and he was just, and the guy was just sitting in there like, I mean, he was working and doing his stuff, Yeah. but it was literally just to listen to like what people are, what customers are saying when they walk in Oh my God. to That's find cool. out like, Hey, like, what are they asking? What do these conversations look like? Does this make sense? Like, you know, and he was one of the designer that's, and engineers there. So that's cool that they go to the grassroots level like that to really mm-hmm. try to get a good pulse on their customers. Yeah. And it kind of shows in their products. I mean, I mean I've been 40s. a Chevy guy my whole life. Right. And, but Ford, is. they're not connected to the enthusiast. Ford is, yeah. Toyota is like, they really yeah. put the effort into it. Yeah. I wish Chevy did more so, but you know, and I think they, I think Chevy could do a lot more, but, um, and it's, it was funny. Cause like we were talking about Chevy the other day, cause, um, my boyfriend just got a new Colorado mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and we were, I was like, man, I'm like, they're actually like super nice vehicles, yeah. um, for what they are. And like the interior was like insane. I was like, this is pretty crazy for Colorado. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> is it a ZR2 or is it just a regular Colorado? Yeah, ZR2. I mean, they're, so they're like mini trucks, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting just to see like the OEs going that way. Now, the great part for us is, I mean, I broke an axle on my Bronco and took it into the dealer and I was like, I broke an axle. And they're like, okay, it'll be a week. That's you know? nice though. Yeah. And it's like, I have just it lifted it on 37s it. and beforehand you roll in on like one tire Anything. size bigger and it's oh, like, oh, we can't warranty yeah. that. Like, That's you know, nice. <laughs> so I mean. Sorry, That's your cool. windshield wipers went out, but you yeah. have larger tires on so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. So, I mean, there's like 
the plus and minuses, right? Like, um, and I mean, with all the aftermarket parts too, we are getting those vehicles like the Raptors and the Broncos that are coming already, like from the factory where it's like set up. Speaking of Bronco, you just built a Bronco last year, right? Um, for For what? What network was it for? Didn't you guys just build up a, a, or weren't you? Oh, for it? SBN? SBN, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what about Bronco? We built a lot of Broncos. Yeah, so you have the <laughs> SBN, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm the chair of Seaman Business Women's Network. And uh, 10 years ago, we built a Mustang that was all female build. And there were, I think, 42 women that were participated so on badass. that build. Yeah. And when we say like participate, because there was so many like negative comments, Oh, it took 42 women for what <laughs> wow. one guy could build, you know? And you're like, well, it was, it's not that it's 42 women like bolting everything on, but it's like from the marketing, from the painting of the vehicle, coating the wheels, like all the different process. It's not just actually building the vehicle and bolting the stuff on. It wasn't like we clicked on. It's the whole process. Yeah. It wasn't like we went on a website and clicked on everything. Everything showed up and we bolted (laughs) it on. 42 people put it on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, had a 30 pack of beer and be like, that's a weekend project. (laughs) Like (laughs) Mimosas. um, Yep. (laughs) 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 But, um, but it's from like all parts of it. Like, the team that decided what parts to go with doing the research on, you know, Nuts. what we, the whole process, um, someone else that was just managing all the volunteers, um, people that were managing the parts, the media, the like, so we had broke it down into teams. Um, That's cool. but now are all these all people in, you know, in grade or in the industry or were they new people being introduced to the industry too? There were new people being in. So there's two points to that. First of all, like, because, so Kathy and I are the, we're the chair and chair elects, I'm the new chair now. Yeah. Um, but when we, it was like, we didn't want it to say, Hey, this is all going to fall on us because we're the leaders. It was like, no, this needs to be a group, group effort. And we need to make sure that it's not us just like dictating everything that's going on. So we decided to break up the build as to like, teams. So it was like, okay, we have the volunteer team, the build team, the media team, um, you know, like, so we sectioned awesome. it off into teams. And then on our select committee, we had girls that were in charge. And so we had two people in charge of each team. So there wasn't okay. just one person in charge. And that way, cause we know it's a volunteer position, so yeah. you can't make a meeting. At least there's someone else there that can help like That's overlook nice. it or they can make yeah. decisions together. And then they're the ones that are in charge of that group. So then when we reached out to, when we say members at large, but like when we reached out to everybody, because we opened it up to just any woman that was an enthusiast yeah. or in the industry, um, when they signed up, they got to choose what part of it they wanted to be on. And then oh, that's cool. That way it went to this. So we had over 250 women that signed up to be a part oh of it. Oh my gosh. Um, we had 157 women that actually ended up working on it because if it didn't work out for people like time wise after yeah, they signed come up, in half, and it really yeah, took 157 through. people to do it. No, I'm just kidding. 157. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. How long? I guess how long did it take you guys how to do it? What was? <laughs> what was the process? When did you guys get the vehicle? And then you guys deb- debuted it at SEMA. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, 
so 10 years ago we did the Mustang and that's actually how I got involved in like the council stuff. Um, the SBN at that time was like, we want to do all female build. And Marla Moore was the chair, I think at that time, or Rose Kawasaki. Cool. And they want to do all female build. So they reached out to Ford and Ford said, we'll only give you the car if you have Teresa and Sarah's shop build it or build it out there, or yeah. they have to be the ones that paint it. Yeah. Wow. And we, all. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <wow. right>? Like, <laughs> which I know it's great to get recommendations on. Um, Especially from Ford. From Ford, yeah. That's yeah. massive. <laughs> um, but for us, we were like, that's awesome. Like, first of all, like we got to work on this and we weren't really involved in um, like any of the stuff. I mean, we were building like SEMA CARES, cars uh yeah. with mike spagnola at that time and yeah. he owned street scene at the mm -hmm. time yep now he's the ceo and president yep. of SEMA, of SEMA. but um so it was like we were doing some stuff and but mostly when we were doing SEMA care stuff um we were building those cars and that was working with wd-40 on them oh that's cool and um I do remember all that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then too, like what people forget, like you're doing this for the, you know, the women and getting them involved. Like you were, you know, a powerhouse in a man's world at that time. Like there was nobody else doing what you guys were doing. That was probably a, a woman at the time. You know, and um, SBN, we're actually celebrating our 30th anniversary right now well, of being around awesome. in the industry. Um, but just to see like it grow, um, even in the last couple of years, I mean, we went from having like 200 and something members to having over 700 members in the last oh two gosh. years that, you know, and it's like just seeing, um, and it's, it's so different because I get asked all the time, like, that's like the number one, how did it feel growing up as a woman in the male dominated industry and I was like well I didn't know I was a woman in the male dominated industry yeah. true I, just, I was just you're like, you're doing doing what you I was dominating yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just came in and did my shit yeah. no. um I always I, and I thought I mean to be honest I thought I was just young and I had to prove myself but then once you start talking and you prove yourself and I think I ignore a lot of the stuff I mean I still do it today it's funny because like even today will people will walk in and ask questions and it's like my boyfriend standing right there and they'll keep talking to him <laughs> and I'm the one answering all the questions yeah. and then they keep talking to him and I just keep answering it. But I've always done that. I mean, that's like, just even how? at the sand show, but like, I mean, <laughs> probably wrong mindset but to me i'm like whatever sales a sale like it, it, I mean, it's on sale. <laughs> who cares you but can look honestly, at him all day yeah. i don't care exactly. i hire him to be here oh. <laughs> that's true <laughs> don't worry i'll double check his work I'll for you yeah. yeah like we're good but i mean it's just i guess i never let it bother me um because it that's probably the best I way just, to look at it, though too is just why let it bother you just do what you do so what yeah. is the yeah, sbn do what is the purpose of SBN so and, and S then the vehicles you build? Does it give back to women? Does it bring awareness? So SBN is, um, the SEMA business women's network is a way we, um, it's in the end for SEMA. It's the way that we empower, engage and educate women in our industry. Right. So it's just a place to, for women to, um, like if they're looking for resources or other women in the industry yeah. or like, you know, we get a lot like how to deal with males. So we have like a male ally program right now. That's a, a web series. And it's actually kind of cool. Cause it's just like some other guys in the industry and with some of the women and everyone just kind of talking about 
different stuff, you That's know, awesome. like working um, with it. And basically it's like, we were getting a little bit of slack on that too. It was like, Oh, you know, like you better make sure it's worded. Right. And it's like, no, it's just having a, the conversation and like being able to say like, Hey, we can have these conversations now. Um, yeah. And talking because in, to be honest with you, when I found out, when I first started, we first started talking about the male ally program, I started talking to other guys in the industry and I think a lot of the women would think that the way they'd get treated in like a garage or working with them, like other men, like, like side by side, um, that that was only happening to them because they were a woman, but guys got treated the same way. And I just think they didn't realize that like they were being guys talk shit way. to each other, you know, they mm. always say like, you know, and I would joke around with them saying like, if they're not talking shit to you, then you're not a threat to them. Yeah. Like yeah, they true. think you're going to leave. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, if you're, if they're sitting there, like I go, you just got to keep doing your work. Like you just got it. And then you'll earn your place there. But that, I feel like that was kind of a conversation that I was like, I don't know. I've always been the boss. So true. it's a little different <laughs> for me because even though we've always had like, I mean, I've had women employees, obviously, but I've always had a majority of male employees. Yeah. And I get it all the time. I walk in there and tell a guy like, hey, that's wrong. You need to move this over here and do this. And, and they have a hard time sometimes listening to it. But I always thought it was because I was younger at first as well. Yeah. Um, And then realized like later on, I would get the same thing. Like guys would start hitting on me that were employees. And I was like, nope, like you need you're to like, stop. You're like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you need to stop right now. Like you cannot do that. And you know, and it's like, that's so crazy, but it's just different, you know? And I thought, but for me, it's no. like, I just, I don't know. I guess I, I just thought it was life and yeah, thing as a business owner. I don't think it's different that like guys go through or. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think you're know, just coming from like, you know, our business and stuff too and being in the industry. I feel like, you know, a majority of the men were the kind of the front men of mm -hmm. the industry. Right. But the backbone of the industry were, were the strong women behind. Everyone kind of mm -hmm. had that strong, you know, woman behind them, whether it be mm -hmm. the CFO or something, yep. handling operations. So true, and, though. And the women have really been the backbone of our industry and really most industries. Yeah. I, you know, whenever. I look at your mom. Your mom. Yeah, my mom was a badass. Yeah. 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 And, and it really took both of them to make it work. It no, couldn't be sure. one or the no, other. No, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny because like um, when people go like, oh, it's so cool that you work on cars. My mom worked on my, my mom worked at the company with my dad every single day. She actually when they started the company, she was and I don't even want to say a stay at home mom, but she was at home yeah. and she had a packaging service company. And then my dad was painting cars. Wow. And when he was painting cars and he was working at a dealership at the time, but she would sand and prep all the cars so that when he got home from work, no way he could spray them. And then she would color sand and buff them. And then they would put the cars <laughs> back together. But so my badass. mom didn't do that because she loved working on cars. My mom did that because she knew they needed to pay a mortgage. Well, how to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, how to right? get done. Yeah. Yeah. And so growing up, it was like, we always saw my mom inside the shop working on cars just as much as my dad. It was normal. But then she would be inside running the office and doing payroll and picking us up from school and, and dealing, with, the dealing with everything. <laughs> and it's like, we grew up like, you know, we get to work at seven o'clock in the morning, six 30. My mom would take us to school, whatever time, 
you know, eight thirty or whatever that was and then pick us up. Or like sometimes my grandparents would pick us up or one of the employees would pick us up. We, we didn't know. Yeah. I just, someone would show, someone either way you're getting up to school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's like, and then we were at work until nine o'clock at night, like always alongside my parents. Cause yeah, they both that's fun, there. right? I mean, I used to, I mean, I was saying, I go to my dad's shop too and go hang out after school and go run amok or whatever it was. Yeah. So, and I was always like, no one ever, like my parents never told me, Oh, you're working on a car. That's something that guys do. It was just, if you want something done, then you do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> like it wow. didn't matter. Right. But it's like, in how the SBN started too, it was actually the like wives of the guys that were at SEMA. So when the guys were all at meetings and doing stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they Smart. would they would go have like their own like, like let's go have meetings. a networking cocktail right? party yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they started realizing a lot of the women were actually in the industry yeah. and um, you know, or would be coming into the industry and things like that. So um, that's how SBN started. So we still do like a ton of education, networking events and things like that. That's cool. The build was, we don't do builds. We just did the one 10 years ago and this one, and it's all it is, is a tool. It's a tool to show for women to come together, to work on a vehicle together, to meet other women in the industry. Um, girls to help show and educate other women, like what they do. So it's like goose gear, their daughter came out and she installed the whole goose gear system and got to show everyone else. And she's 18 years old, you know, 19 years old and she's out there and, you know, and it was so cool because like everyone's working together, um, on everything. And that's exactly what it's for. Plus we have a whole bunch of women companies on the vehicle. And I don't think how, how many people understand how many women owned companies there are in our industry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, a lot of people go like, Oh, why don't you guys ever show like that you're a women owned company? And I'm like, cause I sell truck parts. I just sell truck parts. I don't need to be yeah, advertising. I'm a women owned company. Yeah. I tell, I tell that to other women in the industry because of course. I think it's important for them to know, like, everything is achievable, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter. But, like, um, but, yeah, so it was, we have a lot of, so we say, hell, we have women-owned companies on that build as well. So those Badass. are considered to be, so, like. I tell you what, some of the biggest companies in our industry are all women-owned. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Magnuson and yep. look at Hellwig. I mean, yep. there's, it's amazing, powerful women mm-hmm. that have built these, these companies. And it's, right? it's so cool to see. Yeah. It is. It's so dang cool to see. It's really badass. Yeah. I mean, they're usually smarter and more organized than us, too. Honestly, <laughs> heck, that's for darn sure, man. <laughs> yes, you know? they are. Us men are so, unorganized. Um, fast forwarding, you know, you've made some adjustments. The store, you know, your shop isn't there anymore. You've kind of moved it to an online platform. What are you yeah. doing today? So, um, yeah, we're an online platform now for selling parts. We're still building vehicles, but now we're building um most of the vehicles that we're building now, I just, we get to pick and choose what comes to us or we're building like five at a time versus. That's we nice to, though. Yeah. Cause we used to have 80 vehicles in our shop at a time. Oh so gosh. it's like 80 vehicles. Yeah. And it's like, that's a, a lot. Sca- customer service nightmare. I'm sure. Like, cause <laughs> that's a lot. Everybody's like, yeah, I don't need it anytime soon. And then they need it that week. Well, <laughs> sure. It would be cool if I could get yeah. it this week. Well, I actually have this one thing. I want to go to the next week. I mean, yeah. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is a six schedule. We always, it's like vehicles were not allowed to come in unless all the parts were there Smart. physically. And, um, 
and then everything would get scheduled. And I mean, and we were very blessed at our shop before. It's like we were always a four to six week out. So it, you know, people would be like, oh, these parts are in stock. I'm like, yes. But, but we don't we have don't manpower have, done. Yeah. yeah, but our schedule is six weeks out. Yeah. So um, even during like 2008, I think we got down to like two weeks out. Wow. But we still had. That's amazing. Yeah, though. we still had uh, vehicles lined up. And, and 2008 was like During a massive recession. Like yeah. Shit yeah. sucked then. Yeah. And like the one thing my dad um, really instilled in us, and actually my mom was probably the bigger one on it, was that we never financed anything. It was like when you ordered parts and we ordered pallets of parts, we paid pay for, for them. Mm-hmm. And um that way, if it's like once we had it, we owned it. We didn't owe anyone Smart. any money. We didn't have to go through anything. So yeah. it was like when 2008 recession hit, we had already had all the parts in stock. You know, we had over 150000 in stock that we owned. Wow. And didn't yeah. have to pay anyone. And so it's like if we needed to adjust our pricing, we could. You could. Yeah. So awesome. Genius. It was. It's like, and I'm very happy that that was one thing that my mom was like, there's things that you finance because it's smarter to finance them business wise, but yeah. everything else you pay for. Like, yeah, smart though. Now, I mean, we were at the sanctuary we were talking. You were kind of doing some promoting and stuff now too, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you and then at- you're like, you do all this stuff. I'm all see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you were stop. at the what was it, the coastal country jam doing something yeah. down there? Yeah. So. Um, Coastal Country Jam. So Ken Johnson asked me to help him with some stuff. Um, we've been like on the off-road side of things. And um, he was like, hey, we want to bring some vehicles in. And I said, okay, what do we want it to look like? So we actually um, were able to sell some booth spaces for vendors in our industry there. And then we brought in 40 vehicles to display. So one day we did um, like all the hot rods and the next day we did all like um, off-road and overlanding and stuff. And it was actually like really well received. I mean, we roped everything off because I mean, you got a lot, you, just never you know. get a lot of drunk people. Yeah, right? you it's do. Like, yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> I mean, isn't that why you go to country concerts? But it was so much fun. Um, just being at that, that venue and being in that crowd. And, um, I mean, so many people were coming by and asking about the vehicles. Sure, they and, loved it. Yeah. So we, um, uh, Coastal Country Jam loved it. So they asked us to come on and oh, start sweet. helping with that kind of stuff. And so we're like, yeah, we'll Let's definitely do be doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, free concert. Yeah. 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 Free That's cool. Exactly. Right? We're in. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's still, it was still a lot of work, but always it, is, the, yeah. it always is, but it's just, it's fun. Um, to get into a front of a different audience, you know, new people yep. and um, just really connecting with people on a different level. Cause I mean, there's so many people that were like, wait, what you can do this. And it's like, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that probably inspires me the most about working in the industry is like when new people come into it and they get like so excited about the possibilities of what they can do oh, yeah. and being able to guide them into those possibilities or to be like, yeah, we can go do this. And, um, you know, it's like, I started getting involved with a lot of like, um, all women, like off-road groups and stuff That's too. Cool. And like, um, 
Now I can't do it, but at our old shop, we used to do the suspension one-on-one classes where they would come in and I make them practice, you know, working on their vehicle before we go out on the trails. Um, and we would do some all lady runs and then we do other runs with like everybody, but those runs were getting a little, like we showed up one time and I maxed it out at 25 and we showed up and there was like 40 something people in the parking lot. And I'm like, we were maxed out at 25 like and they're like yeah but i brought my friend and this person oh, no. and the, you know and yeah. i'm just like can't do it and it's hard because it's like once you start getting on a trail and it's that long and i'm like you it's guys never gonna end it's yeah not- first of all the radio doesn't even reach that, oh, <laughs> that far yeah. back um you know something something happens and it was just kind of like always so i had a i didn't like stop them i just am more of a select group where i don't yeah. really like advertise it as much because yeah. I was like yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to have fun still and yeah. Not, yeah. not babysit everyone big. yeah because we were like by the time we were I mean they started evolving we were having like one guy in the middle that just had all tool bags and um, recovery stuff and then they got another guy in the Jeez. back with it too because they'd have to stop and help everyone on their vehicle and I'm like no you'd like these people need to learn how to, to do, it do it themselves yeah like, like otherwise we're just gonna go drive around the lake bed in circles. Right. Like. <laughs> totally. But like you know what I'm saying is like you said like the liability. It's like you start going out there on those runs and then our team's the one that's, you know, You're helping them recover and do yeah. stuff. It's like you have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm calling and some people don't like, you know, I'm calling for a service tree, letting them know beforehand, like yeah. this is what we're doing. This is how it is. Like, you know, and I make sure we do all of that with BLM for service tree. And when we tell them there's only going to be X amount of people there and then they see us drive by and we have, and then you're double lying or triple to them, that. Like, yeah. Liar. My permit only has 25 right? people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not you guys 45. pick and choose. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those people just kind of joined in. Yeah. 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 But no, so I mean, it's, there's so many different stuff, but yeah. So SBN I do, um, I'm also chair of SEMA cares, which is the charity side of, uh, SEMA and, um, but yeah. And (laughs) trying to think, I was like, I do. What else do I do? (laughs) Apparently what she does recently is she rides her Harley down the dirt road to Johnson Valley and lays it down on its side. (laughs) But well, the key know, takeaway is she's riding a Harley down the dirt road. Oh, you know, yeah. Wash Road to Johnson Valley. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to go down that's on its just side. The road, that's not, <laughs> that's your road to your driveway? Yeah, that's yeah. the road to the driveway, yeah. <laughs> to the house. Yep. But it's so funny because um, when we were going to Sturgis a couple of years ago, we were going through Zion and we decided we were going to go take a different road because the other one had like all this traffic we're like oh we'll take this road up here and so it was me and my sister and dana and we're like you know we're all on harleys obviously and we're on this road and it like turns into dirt and then i'm like how much further is this on dirt and they're like i don't know so like some guy like drives by in his car we're like is it a lot like is it really far that way on dirt and they're like no, it's not that much further. Like you're literally almost there. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, it was 40 miles. <laughs> 40 more miles? 40 miles on dirt. Oh my God. That's <laughs> like, awesome. And it was so funny because it was like, what the l- very last part was like, you had to go down this hill and then it was like a bank and then it like went down and we're all like, huh. And, and there was another and you're section. At the very end of it. Yeah. And there was another <laughs> section we had to like go up and stuff. And, um, uh, well, and these are, you're on it, Harleys that are loaded 
Yeah. You know, with all your gear, bags, everything. Oh it's not like God. it's a light right? little you yeah. know, sports store or something. <laughs> like he, you got a week's worth of crap Insane. on the bike, too. Yeah. I'm on a, I was on a, I will, I've a Dyna Lowrider, right? So it's not like yeah. it's. <laughs> epic. <laughs> like, That's epic. And, um, <clears throat> but I, it was, we went through it and stuff. And I told my dad, I was like, man, I'm so glad that I know how to ride dirt bikes because, like, literally like know. going through that you had to know like, like okay yeah. like Fish just stay on just going, and, yeah, like, keep going. <laughs> keep going just let it go <laughs> just let the motion go <laughs> that's yeah, amazing so, um yeah so whatever you you're supposed to ride rad. all motorcycles in dirt right yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> everything goes in dirt everything goes in dirt whatever it is yeah. I mean, to tell you ride or it's a motorcycle or it's whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see what this can do in dirt <laughs> exactly 100 miles an hour on the tri league bed <laughs> isn't that what rental cars are for right, right? right? yep <laughs> exactly dirt uh, well that, that's awesome so what's new and exciting that's upcoming that you're looking forward to are you excited for SEMA I am excited for SEMA um, <clears throat> got some vehicles Excited for SEMA Fest? I'm not. Well, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're so excited. So excited, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what SEMA Fest does this year. And yeah. if it turns out like what they were expecting, I'm definitely curious. Um, I hope it does well for them. Yeah, I do too. And I mean, I think one of the things that um, it's kind of hard to explain, but... I think we should have done better as SEMA Association is SEMA Fest is literally there because I don't know if like how much money our association puts into lawyer fees to help keep all of our government stuff like our trails open, our mm -hmm. racetracks yeah, open and like everything. And so how much money we put into that in government affairs is like absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it's costing SEMA a ton of money. So SEMA Fest is literally a way for them to generate money to help yeah. pay for those government affairs. And yeah. I think that if like our industry probably knew that a little bit more. I wish probably, I would push that. I had no idea. Because yeah. then we would probably yeah, push no it a little idea. bit more. But that's strictly what the SEMA Fest is too. I mean, because honestly, I thought it was just a poor attempt at making it something available to the public. While not trying, it was just, it was a poor attempt to not ruffle the feathers of the current industry and some of the old brands that have been at SEMA while trying to introduce, you know, it to the public. Yeah. I like really, I mean, my opinion is, you know, we've both been doing SEMA for much longer than probably anyone thinks. Right. right? <laughs> and, we, and we've seen all the stages and everything. And as much as I, I wish SEMA could be maybe what it was. Yeah. 15 years ago, it never will be. And it needs to adapt. And I think it needs to be open to the public. I think that SEMA Fest, that concert in the middle of the week or the weekend, yeah. where it shifts from a Thursday to Sunday type of show. Yeah. And instead of trying to generate the revenue off of the booth space, the tickets sales coming in. And it'd be that one time a year where the public can speak directly to the brands, maybe buy direct, buy their apparel, yeah. everything, and really position yeah. it. And then have a, have a small trade show somewhere else. But there's no need for the trade shows anymore when it comes from biz, B2B. Yeah. It's already handled beforehand. I don't know what your it's, thoughts are, and if you can't speak on much of that, but... It's hard, I think. Well, I mean, and that's a, one of the things that like I volunteer a lot for, too. A lot of people go, is it really worth volunteering at SEMA? And to be honest... 
I've, I mean, I've been volunteering now for 12 years. It's made a huge difference for me in my business life because I get to learn about so much stuff that is actually going on, like networking, besides just networking us, knowing like these are, they have so many trends, things that they're looking into for actual SIM association. I get to hear all that stuff where like as a small business owner, I would never have been like, wait, what's going on? Like, you know, how's this going to affect? And like, I have to admit, I'm not a person that really watches like news, news and is like into it because I don't ever run my company based off of what's happening in the world. I run my company based off. I mean, I'm aware of what's happening, but I'm not the type of person where I'm like, oh my gosh, they said there's going to be a recession. No, pull back, fire everybody. It's like, you know, I'm like, I just don't, for me, the conglomerates do it, but we, as medium business or small business, we can't do it like that. We can't. And for me, I'm more of the opposite. Like, okay, let's try. what am I going to do to try harder? What am I going to bring in to like, make sure that I, and, and it's funny because that's one of the questions I do ask, like when we do walk in, you know, to see them as volunteers, it's like, oh, hey, like X, Y, and Z is happening. I'm like, then what are we doing to make sure that we're growing the association? How do we come out of it stronger? Yeah. Because kind of what you said, it's like, I don't want to say the trade show is gone, but at the same time, I'm like, how many people go to purchase now? to be honest with you. And I probably shouldn't be saying that, but I don't, I go there for networking to meet with people, to go to the education classes. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's like, for me, that's almost more important, but it's like, it's the one time when everyone is brought together that I don't see a lot of these people because they're in other States or they aren't, they don't do the stuff that I do. So, um, I barely get to see them and it's the only time I get to see them. I hardly walk around anymore. Beforehand, it was like you made appointments, you walked in, you knew that you were spending, I'm going to make a $10,000 PO, like, and you sat down and you had meetings to actually purchase and learn about their new product. But because like you said, social media is out now, all these other things are out. I can just call you and be like, Hey, (laughs) I need this. Do I need to know, see your new product? Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's nice to see it if I can't go yeah. and physically see it all the time. Yeah. But Either way, though, some, you can see the videos on social media. You well, can see yeah, all Before, that, you the know? only way to share your photography was on a floppy disk or right. a CD. Yeah. The mini right. DVDs. Different times. Like, yeah. You had to go there the to get that information, yep. right? Right. So I do. I mean, it, for me, it's like. No, I don't go there to purchase anymore. There might be a few that like, I'm like, well, I'm going to run really quick through these aisles to see if there's something new that I didn't know about or yeah. a company or a brand I didn't know go to the about. the new product section, see yeah. some new stuff if it stands out. But I'm a new product judge, so I can, yeah. I see it all you before. Know. Yeah. I see it all before. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> and and it's funny because like uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, um, I was like, can you send us this information prior? Because before we wouldn't, we could only see what was there yeah. and us trying to walk around and see everything. I Too was much. like, I need to like narrow it down so that by the time we get you there, we only five. have the top five yeah. and then I want to touch and feel it. And I think I broke the rules one year too. Cause we took our new product badge, uh, judging things off and we went and walked the floor and I was like, so what is, I need, I'm like sitting there hey, pulling apart, touching it, yeah. like, you know, and I'm like, what does it do? What is this? And I'm like, I have a retail store, you know, and yeah. they're, um, <laughs> and everyone that's a judge is a retail, is a retailer. Yeah. Nice. And, um, 
so we all looked at it and they went through it with us. And like, so we saw like, because otherwise it's just a product that's sitting there and you don't know, and you have yeah. a tag that's this big that says, you know, new this product. is a new product that does X, Y, and Z. And it's yeah. like, cool. Well, what does that product do any different than the other 10 people that have roof racks or the other right? 10 people that have, you know, exhaust systems? Like, yeah, like you're like, it doesn't look much different. And so yeah, understanding most, most products don't look much different. Yeah. So understanding well, what the technology is behind it that like took away something and yeah. whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. So I kind so, of agree with you on the SEMA. Well, as far thing. as SEMA goes, I think we have the right person in there. I think if anyone understands it from our point of view, yes. of what it was <laughs> and what it could be or what it should be, it's Mike. And I think mm-hmm. we kind of have to trust his, you know, his decisions that he's made with CMFS and everything being made, because I think if anyone in the past 20 years, he's probably the one that really does understand it the most and understands yeah. our positions and where we're at and maybe what it could be or should be. Yeah. So hopefully moving forward, it's exciting, man, it's exciting to see what happens yeah. next. And yeah, definitely. I think that, um, and I think like us making sure, and I think a lot of people don't know this, but your board members are the ones that make the most decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people don't vote for their board members of who wants to be in there, but they're the ones that make the most decisions um, in really? our industry. So board makes decisions and SEMA staff has to abide by abide it. by them, right? Yeah. So that's who makes Smart. your decisions on... I never recognize any of the names on most of the people on the board member. (laughs) 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 You should see the, some of the names that come in for people that run for board. I'm like, I don't, I have never heard of this person before. Like, you know, and you're like going through the process. I mean, we have a lot of people that actually run for board and then we go through and break it down. Um, There's a committee for it that I'm on that committee as well. And we break that down into being like your top two. Wow. So it's a whole wow. entire process. It's yeah. not like insane. And in, yeah. That's so. so wild. Well, we should probably wrap this up soon. We've been here for a long time. We sure don't want to take too much. No, please. No, no. Dude, this this is awesome. yeah. I feel like we can continue on and I keep know. going. Um, if people want to find out more about uh, CTS, where do they go find you? Yeah. So we are, um, our website is lge-cts.com. Um, and then we're on Instagram and, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn under okay. LGE CTS Motorsports. And how can people be a part of the SBN network that maybe aren't with the industry or kind of interested in it? How yeah. do they join? So SEMA also has individual membership. So if you're not in the industry, it's like 40 bucks to be an individual member, Nice. which that also helps pay for our, um, for us when we're fighting for things because we need people to help sign for the petitions and stuff too. Um, but they can go to SEMA.org and then under that it has, um, it'll say all your councils and networks and then you, they have a whole bunch of different ones. So there's SBN is one of them. And then there's like FLN, which is for people under 40 and then there's uh, merging tons of technology. So there's a whole bunch of different ones that you can get involved in. Um, but yeah, so SBN is just the women's side. And then before we let you go, is there anything you can tell us that's maybe coming out at SEMA that, you know, give us some insider information on? Mm. <laughs> I'll take it as a yes. You, you can pretty much just say, shut up, Sean. You're going to see it. <laughs> when does this come out? Uh, too, uh, soon. too soon. Before SEMA. Uh, <laughs> well, let's say everyone's have to go to SEMA and find out, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Exciting. Yeah, we'll... 
be auctioning the Bronco at SEMA. Sweet. Um, cool. So that's going to be on eBay Motors. Right. And um, then the proceeds from that are going to go to SEMA Cares. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Right, right. Good. Well, well thank here, you, you guys. so much. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing. You guys, go check them out. Um, CTS. The, the, she dropped the, uh, the Instagram and Facebook and website. So go order some parts. But we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and, and listening. Again, we did start an Instagram page for Lambo and Leroy. It's just we did. at Lambo and Leroy. So um, we're posting a bunch of cool reels on there and getting that going. So we've always posted on our personals, but now we finally got that going. And it we was my website. idea. It was. Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean comes up with good ideas. He's like, hey, I got this like, great great idea. Do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing it. But yeah. yeah, man. Just adding to my list of Instagrams. Right. Oh, run. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. See you at the next one. Perfect. Who knew I would make it this far? They hated, they never believed me. Yeah, I would never drop the ball. I know I make it look easy. Yeah, Mayweather with the defense. I don't care what a critic got to say. I got him picking up the pieces.